0: Of that, we're not going to walk in the fear of man. You've not given us spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound and disciplined mind. There is no fear in love, and God, you are love. We don't accept fear. Matter of fact, we reject it. We resist it. Fear, leave now in Jesus' name. Anything, any part of fear in anybody who's listening, you can receive this. If you've been tormented by fear, you Receive freedom right right now just at my word. As the Holy Spirit's moving this on me, you just got to say, hey, I'll take that. So if you've been tormented by fear, receive this. Right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, any fear that has been on any person, in the name of Jesus, I break its power right now. Fear, loose your grip in the lives of of people that are hearing this message right now. Freedom come in. In Jesus name. You know this world has been racked by fear. Fear drives everything. Every motivation. Every thought. Every action. Fear drives so much. There's so much freedom when fear is broken. But you're not going to step into uh, uh, freedom. Without giving yourself over to the Lord. It's like, Lord, you're, you're telling me to trust you, but I don't know what's beyond the door. And God says, you, you just got to trust me. I am who I say I am, and I am good. And you got to say, I'm willing to step through the door, trust in you so that I can get away from the mess. And that's where we really find ourselves constantly in a question of, well, do we do that or do we not? Do we step through the door of Christ? Do we step through and trust him? you'll find it up here. I I explained the situation like that just a second ago when you're all being quiet and we're just waiting on the Lord to do something. There's, you know, some people have their heads bowed. Some people are watching, seeing what's going on, you know, and people are like looking like, what's going to happen next? Like, it's been five minutes and nobody said anything. What kind of church service is this? So there's that fear of what are people going to think even up here? I have to deal with that on a regular basis. That doesn't move me anymore because I've, I've Push that fear aside. I don't care about what people think. I care about getting people free. That's what Jesus was about. The Spirit of the Lord in Luke four eighteen. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him and anointed him to bring deliverance to the captives. To set the captives free. To deliver those who were oppressed. To heal the sick. Do those things that she mentioned in Luke chapter 10. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. This is the reality of God, but it hasn't been the reality in church because we've been walking in fear. And it's time for us to step into a new day. Lord, I'm not moved by that anymore. I'm not moved by that. And we have to take it beyond the Sunday service. We have to take it beyond an amen. You know? You can say, yes, that's right, and right now your spirit can be agreeing with that and, and enough to even motivate you maybe to give a little glory to God or to say amen. But then it comes home yep. to your life on Monday morning and Sunday afternoon when you are faced with something. You're faced with a, a bank account number or a doctor's report, and that's when you got to say who do I really trust? Lord, will I step through that door of your trust or am I again going to fall back into fear? It's not the place for it. That's the place for believers to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I had a situation. This was really one of our breakthrough moments. I was telling somebody about it. Yeah, we, in, um, We've been talking last week. We'll probably go over announcements later. Let me, let me tell you just the one thing that's very important. This afternoon at 4 p.m., uh, Brother James Jacobs from India is going to be here. This man has seen more stuff than most of us have ever seen put together. Uh, he's seen some stuff. He's been stoned. He's been beat. He's, he's had all kinds of stuff. He's, seen, he's got 300 churches in India. The power of God. The Lord spoke to him and called him. Uh, when he didn't know anything, uh, he was just searching after God as a kid and the Lord spoke to him. We, it was awesome testimony. You're going to enjoy that. That's this afternoon at 4 PM in our Holy spirit service and come don't expect that it'll be over in an hour and a half. Just come. Uh, when does it end? It starts at 4 PM. Well, I know that, but what time is it over? Um, It starts at 4 p.m. We're just giving our time to the Lord. It starts at 4 p.m. You can decide to say, Lord, I'm giving you my time or not. And when he's done, we'll be done. But it starts at 4 p.m. Amen. So that's the big announcement we've been talking about, you know, uh, from lack to abundance. We've been talking about moving out of lack and into abundance. Now, most people, as soon as they hear something like that, they apply it to finances. And finances is one of the greatest places to actually talk about that. Finances is one of the greatest uh, areas where you can use examples of that. But moving from lack to abundance is not just in finances. Moving from lack to abundance is in everything in our life. We need a life overflowing. Here's an example of that. And this... It originally deals, uh, George is going to pass out these uh, handouts, so you got some notes on the back, but um, it originally deals with finances, but the example is bigger than that, and I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Let's let this get passed out first. I tell you, the anointing was on that waymaker song. As soon as you started singing that, I was—I was still back there. I felt—I was like, whoa! And then I heard commotion, and I was—I knew the Lord was moving. I'm like, I'm back here. I'm coming out. <laughs> Glory to God. Man, the anointing was on that. I don't know if y'all are planning on singing that tonight, but I might suggest it. Amen. So. I had a situation some time ago. Um, when Nicole and I were first married in 1999, uh, we started going after the Lord. We moved into a new home. We moved to Poketon from Greensboro. That was a big culture shock. Amen. And uh, if you know we're you know the size of Greensboro and the size of Poketon, you understand. And um, I didn't know you could roll up streets in the night like they did down there. <laughs> like, like everybody, there's nobody to be found. And uh, Greensboro is 24-7. We could go somewhere and get something to eat. Not in Poketon. <laughs> you go down there, it's like everything's closed. And we, we, we worked one night. We wanted to work hard. And we were, we were you know, hungry. We had worked, let's push on through, get all of our work done. Then we'll go get something to eat. So we worked hard and everything. We're expecting to go find a place like Greensboro. Mm-mm, 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 That was a mistake. And uh, we found one place, a pizza place, and they were barely open. They were closing in a few minutes. and uh, But it was big culture shock. But down there, the Lord really met us. We were obedient to move. And when we did, we found that God was waiting on us. And uh, we had a love for God. Man, he just started growing us up in him. And we started growing together equally. It was awesome. But one of the things that happened was this. Um... We were seeing the power of God move. I just always believed that God could do more than I could ask or think. I just believed that even as a kid. And uh, as a kid, I would apply that same faith. And uh, even at that level, we were seeing the power of God. We were seeing miracles and healings on a regular basis. Not as much as we have now, but it was on a regular basis we were seeing that. But one area we were really struggling in was finances. Uh, because I think at that time we were married, and was it fifteen or eighteen that we were below eighteen? So we were below eighteen thousand a year with both of us. Is that right? To start, it was okay. That's what I okay. So it was below fifteen thousand a year. That's why I ask you, so you can straighten me out. Amen. So when we, when we started out, we earned less than 15000 a year between the both of us. No kids yet, but still. How many know that ain't much? That ain't much. And, but we were hungry for the Lord. And even during that time, God had planted us in a church. We were in Pokedon. God planted us in a church in Rockingham. And we had a big Ford Bronco, like the V8, big, yeah, Ford Bronco. So anyway, it go. yeah, it was her truck. Big girl. I know. So anyway, but the church that we attended, and we weren't the kind of people that just goes every couple of weeks. We were there. If the doors were open, we were there. But the church 45 minutes away, well, man, that was 10 to 20 bucks of gas every time we went. But that's where God planted us. And we committed and we honored what God had done. And so we ended up going, but man, we were living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, it was just ugly. Our finances were ugly. And, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so when uh, one of the things that started to happen was I thought, well, I know some scriptures about healing. I know some scriptures about uh, you know, restoration. I know some scriptures about protection. We were walking in those things, but what we weren't walking in was uh, abundance in our finances. We had abundance in other areas of our life, but not in that one. And so, obviously. And so, we said, well, you know what we need? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. We need to get in the word on some financial abundance. And I didn't know everything that I know today about finances and And money and the love of money and what's God's opinion on it. I just didn't know all that stuff like we know today. But we knew that God was a good God and he didn't want to leave us in that place. One of the huge things that we knew is that Jesus told us to pray this way. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, he was worshiping glory to God. And then he he said, your will be done on earth And as a kid, you just learned it kind of line by line, you know, and so you just learned certain portions of your will be done. Right. And then we'd say on earth as it is in heaven, like they were two sentences. But that's actually one sentence. Right. It's your will be done on earth like it is in heaven. Well, I knew in heaven there wasn't any lack. There was no lack in heaven. There's no sickness there. There's no lack. There's no disease. There's no bondage. There, I knew that, that you know. that's why the devil got thrown out. Because he's trying to bring the wrong kind of thinking up there. And you can't be around God with that kind of stuff. He's a holy God. He's a consuming fire. You don't, you don't just try and bring that kind of thinking in around God. He's trying to bring things that would bring lack. And well, that didn't work out too well for him. Well, the same thing is, we're trying to bring wrong thinking into God's things. But I knew that the Lord said that we could have abundance here on the earth because he said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we started going after the Lord and our finances. Lord, We need help. And the Lord started revealing things. And, and faith for finances started to rise. And we really, over time, really got the victory in that. But I remember one breakthrough moment in that. By this time, we had moved to Albemarle, knowing that we were going to probably uh, minister at some point. We moved to Albemarle. I was sitting in my office. And I needed, we needed something, some kind of finances. It was either 1000 or $2,000, something like that. You know, bills were coming up. Checks, we're out, and we need God, right? And if we don't have it by this day, it ain't going to be good. I, I know y'all have never been there, but we were there, right? And we were like, man, you know, it's, I, I know anybody check the bank account like two or three times a day? Not just every day, but two or three times a day, right? There's, there's a bondage in that. God's not in that. There's no freedom in that. There's no freedom. And so then at this moment, here I am and I'm, I'm believing God. Lord, I need this, I need it. Well, I had a go-to. I had a default, right? And the default was that phone over there that had my dad on speed dial. And my dad wasn't made of money, but I knew he would help me. I knew he'd help me if he could. And so if I'd get in a jam, you know, I need some money, I need something, dad, right? And I was sitting there that day, and we were at the last minute. Done check the bank account. Done check the post office. I need help. And and I can feel my arm going going, going for the phone. Yeah. You know, like I, I didn't want to call him, but here it was again, going for Dad, my default. And I started I, I started to pick up the phone. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, if you always go to your earthly father. Then you're always going to get in the way of me coming through for you. So you need to decide. You need to choose. Is he your source? Or am I your source? And I went, is he? and i knew i knew it was God i knew he was saying but i had no idea logic would not tell me how this was going to work out i just knew i couldn't keep going to dad i had i had to make another default i had to make default my faith and my trust in a good father i knew i had to change my default change my reaction i knew i had to change that and that day I broke it. And I said, No. I tell you what, Lord, let's say everything bounces, right? Let's say, I mean, there's all kinds of fees. I'm not willing to live a life that constantly is under this pressure any longer. And if what it costs me is for everything to bounce to get that set, I'm willing to get it set. I'm not just talking about it anymore. I'm not just thinking it anymore. The time is now for the change to come. And if it costs me, it costs me. But I'm not living like that anymore. And I made a decision. Well, what do you think God did? He came through. Why? Because he's a better father even than my dad. You see, he's a better father than I am to my kids. Why? Because I carry some corruption, but he has none. He came through. How it got solved, I don't even remember how it got solved. The important thing was that I that I broke the cycle. That I on you know on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, I stopped giving myself to fear. See, fear was making me call my dad because I didn't know what was going to happen otherwise. And I had to make a decision that I trust you, Father, more than I trust what I can figure out and logic out on my own. I trust you. You truly are my God, my Lord my Savior. And that day, the fear broke off of me. That day, when I put my foot down, I drew a line in the sand and said, I'm not crossing that anymore. I'm not crossing it anymore. I'm here. I'm with God. I trust Him, and I will not cross that again. Well, you know what happened? That day, something broke in the finances. That day was a marker and there were, other, there were other hurdles that we had to jump over to really step into And still to this day, we're, still, we're, we're better than we've ever been before. But at the same time, I know that there's still stuff I've got to unwind in my head. And I've got to renew my mind to step into the things of God. Earlier this year, we did a series that the Lord told us to do that says, uh, Bye-bye debt and hello abundance. Bye-bye debt and hello abundance. At the end of that, you know, the Lord had drawn us into a fast corporately in January. At the end of that fast, the Lord spoke to me and he said this. When you come to the end of this fast, I want you to step out of that fast. And the Sunday after you're done, I want you to pray that supernaturally debt would be erased. That was in February. So now we're in September, right? The latest numbers, you know, it's been up to that point within a month within one month there was over eighty thousand dollars of debt that was erased in the lives of people glory boomerang doesn't have any debt but in the lives of people there was eighty thousand dollars and there was over twenty thousand in salary increase up till now then uh up to a week ago the numbers some of you have heard those numbers so in eight less than eight months in about seven months period of time we had over four hundred I said it the other day, four hundred and twenty thousand dollars worth of debt in seven months. And the increase was around I think forty seven thousand in salary, yearly salary. Let me does that not change lives? In Jesus, in him, we live and have life overflowing. We move, we, we get set by in motion and strength to carry on in motion. In Him, we live and move. In Him, we have our being. In Him, things come to be. Answers come, the plan comes, the solution comes. A lot of people sometimes don't understand what happens down here at the altar. But it's in these times when the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God is moving on people, that all of a sudden they get a solution. Sometimes they can put it into words. Sometimes they just know something changed. Sometimes they don't feel anything and yet life is different. The other day, uh, Paige at the building dedication, she said, I don't know that I felt anything except just the joy of the Lord on Wednesday night. Is this right? And then, but you woke up the next morning and it was different, right? That's the way God is. We just trust him to be God. Well, just found out last week, those numbers aren't good anymore. They're bigger. So now, within eight months since we prayed that prayer, there's been over $677,000 worth of debt supernaturally erased in the lives of people. That's life-changing. There's over $76,000 of salary increase. Glory to God. Now here's the question is God a respecter of persons? No, if he do it for the people that I'm talking about people in this room and partners with the ministry, if he do it there, will he do it for you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Would he, would he do it for us? Yeah. You see, abundance was not just the finances. Yes, we walked out of that, but the abundance was the love of God and the peace of God and the grace that overflowed when we knew he's my source line in the sand. I'm not going back. He's my source. You know, since that period of time, there have been a couple of times where and my dad was doing really good that day when my phone, you know, financially he was doing really good. But he had a couple of setbacks. Well, let me tell you, a couple of years after that passed, when I did not pick up the phone, when I stopped making the world my default and I made God my default, all of a sudden, a couple of years later, guess what? The phone rings. I get a call and, it, and it's him and he's saying, look, I, I could use some help. Oh, man, do you know what an honor that is? What a, this is why we should walk in abundance. The 2 Corinthians 9, 8, we'll look at in a minute. It says that we're supposed to have an abundance for every good work. This was a good work. Man, I get to honor my father on earth. I get to honor him. I get to be a part of the solution that God wants to bring to him. Oh, glory, what an honor. What an honor. But had that, would that have been available if I wouldn't have drawn that line in the sand? No. Like I said, it wasn't, just, it wasn't just abundance in finances. It was abundance in the freedom that it brought. Man, I was in bondage when I was trying to pick up that phone. I'd hated doing that. I did not want to do that anymore. I didn't want to do that. But yet the freedom of God started to come. And all of a sudden, I wasn't in bondage anymore. I was in freedom. You know, when the phone rang and I picked up the phone, man, I was happy to do that. There was a joy of the Lord that was associated. That, the joy and not the fear, that's abundance. That's abundance. There's a statement that I'll read you that Andrew Womack says. Uh, I got it. I'll read it to you next week. But one of the things that it says in there is that Finances actually flow from abundance, but abundance is not just all about finances. It's the abundance of life and life overflowing. How many people in your life here on earth you'd like to move, not just in finances, but in every area, from lack to abundance? You know, God, God is a God of abundance. I mean, how many, did he just stop when the net was full when he brought in the fish for Peter? No, he overflowed the net. In Psalms 23, does it say, Oh, uh, the Lord is good. He's my shepherd and my cup is just about full. And my cup is full to the brim. No, he says, my cup runs over. My cup runs over. My cup runs over. The word, uh, the name of God, El Shaddai. It does not mean the God of just enough. No, no, no. It's, he's the God of more than enough. We're not just conquerors. We are more than conquerors. He didn't want to just show us things that are abundant. It's even abundant and exceeding abundantly. He is an excessive God. And a lot of times people have a problem with abundance because they don't really know who He is. They don't understand that His love overflows and His love is bigger than you can handle. His love will overflow you and it's designed to be that way so that when I start walking in the abundance of his life and the abundance in, uh, of his love, it will overflow on the people around me. And then if it overflows on you, then it will overflow on the next person, then the next person, then the next person. This is the plan of God to get so much abundance and overflow that when people walk in the door, the only, they run into a spilling. Of the abundance of God. They run into an overflow of healing. An overflow of restoration. An overflow of deliverance. An overflow of freedom. And yes, of an overflow even of finances. Yes. We have watched this for years. People will walk in. And if they, they'll walk in, they'll have trouble. They'll either need some healing. They'll need finance. They'll need whatever it is that Jesus has saved them from. And as they sit... And the anointing of God starts to get into them. All of a sudden their life just takes an upward track. And as long as they will sit and submit and commit themselves to the Lord and his plan. They just keep going up, 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 up. And that's available for anyone. Simply by being where God is. ...and having somebody that believes in it and walks in it and will preach like that. That's what Jesus did. That's why when they said, who is this? Who are you to speak with such authority? Why? He knew God. He knew who he was. And he preached not just in theory, but he preached in a reality. He didn't live life in theory. He knew it and he lived it. And it overflowed out of him. We need abundance. This verse here is Second uh, Corinthians nine eight. It says And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always have all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. For every good deed. You may have an abundance. This is what the Lord's wanting to get to us. An abundance for every good deed. That's not just about finances. An abundance for any place you will ever need it. This is a promise to every believer. Last week, i you really need to hear last week from lack to abundance one. You need to hear it. Because we talked about when you get in a jam, what do you do? We talked about the ways of God. The, the Bible says this, that the ways of God are holy. The ways of God are holy. And see, a lot of times what happened, we talked about the widow whose sons were about to be sold into bondage. You know, she was married to one of the prophets and, the, and her husband died. And she went to uh, Elijah and said, look, my sons are about to be sold. And he says, what do you have? She has nothing but a jar of oil. You know, in her head, she didn't have any solution out of it, yet she had the, the supply in her house. And when she coupled that with the word of God, it turned into something supernatural. But we talked about what the headline would read. What the headlines on that read? Elisha uh, takes the last jar of oil from widow and her sons. Right? And so the way of God looks contrary to the logic of the world. You see the same thing with Elijah where he goes into the widow and and basically she says, I'm about to prepare our last meal and die. The way of God says, when you're down to nothing, what do you have to sow? Because as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will remain and it will work. And it says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. So Elijah goes to the widow and she's about to fix her last meal. And he tells her, I mean, just imagine the, the pressure on his mind, on his mind. No, don't make your last meal. Make it for me. Can you see the headlines? Can you see the headlines? Man of God takes woman's last meal. But see, the way of the world is not going to take you to abundance. The way of God does. And it's not an issue of what the man of God is necessarily asking for. It's an issue of where's your heart? Do you trust God or do you trust the world's default? And in order to break out of that, you got to start understanding the ways of God. And we went to the, you need to go back and watch last week's message. You know, boomerangchurch.org slash video. Watch it, flack to abundance. And we talked about the third story over in the New Testament. It's just the same in the old as it was in the new. And here comes, there's 5,000 people. And they go, man, how are we going to feed them? And the little boy says, I got loaves and fishes. And Jesus says, that'll do. And all of a sudden, the loaves and fishes, when the boy gave the loaves and fishes, it turned into food for over 15,000 people. There were 5,000 men, over 15,000 people is what most people agree was the minimum. Loaves and fishes, his little Happy Meal lunch. Turns into a meal for all the people. The principle is the same. The way of God. Can you see the headlines there? Jesus the Messiah takes little boys lunch. But see in our mind and even to a newspaper. That does not look logical. But it is a way of God. What happened? What was the end result? The boys in the first story. They don't go into slavery matter of fact they have enough to live on for the rest of their lives. What happens in the next story, the woman and her son, they don't die. They make all the way through the famine and they're doing good. What happens in the next one? They take up 12 baskets full of stuff. Well, according to the the laws of God, there's only one person those 12 baskets can go for. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So the boy takes home 12 baskets full the same kind of baskets that they lowered Paul down in, that's the same word there. I mean, these were not just baskets. They were baskets, right? And they take it home. Man, dude, the little boy, he, he turned out really good. Hey, mom, I went with my lunch. And, and now I brought something back. And the door slams open, boom, 12 guys, one basket, two baskets, three baskets. And you know, mom's like, ah, what are we going to do with that? But the way of God had been appropriated. They had stepped in, not the world's default, but God's default, and he said, Let me bring abundance. Look at this. This first verse on your handout there it says this, Deuteronomy 8.18. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who has given you the power to make wealth. That he may confirm his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. I see businessmen all the time. They're trying to go out and make all kinds of money and and do all kinds of stuff. Not realizing that the place that it all stems from is the goodness and the love of God. And if they would go after God with all the effort that they would go after everything else. They would find that in him they live and move and have their being. They would find all the answers. And they would find that if they seek Him first and His kingdom and His righteousness, that all that stuff will be added to them. It's a way of God. This is scriptures I'm giving to you. I'm just not quoting verses. That one was Matthew 6, 33. In Him we live and move and have our being. Proverbs ten twenty It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. In him we live and move and have our being. In him we live and move. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. It is God who gives you the power to make wealth, to get and make wealth. In him we live and move and have our being. In him we live And move and have our being. In him it's the blessing of the Lord. That makes rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. It is God. The Lord your God. Who has given you the power. To get wealth. In him we live and move. And have our being. It is the Lord God. Who has given you the power. To make wealth. The blessing of the Lord that makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. In him we live and move and have our being. The Lord your God who's given you the power to make wealth. The blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. No toil. Now why are you repeating that so much? Because I'm going to keep on repeating it until you get it. It's going to start sinking down in your spirit. And what's going to happen is when you come to that default marker where it's time for you to draw the line in the sand and say, Lord, I trust you. You're going to start to go for the world's default. And you're going to hear me in your head going, it's the blessing of the Lord that makes Rich and adds no sorrow to it. You're going to hear me say, it's the Lord God who gives you the power to get wealth. In Him we live and move and have our being. Just maybe you'll listen to me that day and go, uh, I'm not going to go to that default. Father, I trust you. Today's my day. I'm drawing the line. I'm drawing the line. In Him we live and move. And have our being. It's the Lord God who's given you the power to make wealth. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. That word there, sorrow, that's the same word I believe as toil. Anybody ever toiled for money? (laughs) The sweat of your brow. This this is a promise right here to you. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no toil with it. A lot of times we're toiling for something we didn't have to toil for. But the world's taught us that that's the way to do it. But see, that's the world's default, not ours. And why does God want you to have abundance? In this that first verse, Deuteronomy 818, it says, That he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to his fathers as it is this day. He made a covenant with mankind through Abraham and said, I will bless those who bless you, I will curse those who curse you. Through you will the blessing come. In Galatians 3:8, it, it says that God preached the gospel, the good news, beforehand to Abraham, saying, Through you all the nations will be blessed through you and see part of the covenant of God is that the abundance of his abundance would come on you and through you and through you through the people of God would all the nations all the people groups be blessed through you would all the people groups be blessed. Through you would all the nations be blessed. Through you would abundance be. Then he says, I'm doing this so that I'm giving you abundance. I'm giving you the power to make wealth. That he may confirm his covenant which he swore to your fathers. He says this in 2 Corinthians 9, 8. He says, the last part of that verse. So that you may have an abundance for every good deed. For every good deed. How many people would agree with me that the church has not done what the church was supposed to do? Yep. It's evident. It's obvious. Look at the headlines. Yep. My goodness, the church has not been what the church is supposed to be. Yep. You know what part of the problem is there? Because the church has not known God is a good, excessive, abundant God. And because they haven't known it, they have walked in it, and because they haven't believed for it and walked in it, they don't have the abundance to overflow into the good deeds that they are supposed to be. God wants to give it because he wants to bless you, but he also wants to bless the people around you. He wants you to walk in abundance. Father, right now, I just ask that you would just, just open up hearts. Lord, in you, we live and move. And have our being. Father in you we live. And move. And have our being. In you we live. And move. And have our being. Glory to God. Father we receive right now. Our life and life overflow. We receive right now. The motion and the provision. To go and do the things you have called us to do. We receive right now. We receive right now Father. Our being. Let your things come into being in our lives. Let your healing come. Let your finances come. Let your deliverance come. Let your freedom come right now. Right now. Father, you've given us the power to get wealth, to confirm your covenant. Lord, it's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. And you don't add any sorrow, no toil to it. Lord, we don't want to just walk in your stuff, but we want to walk in your stuff as productive and efficiently as we can. Lord, help us to be those people. We'll talk about it next week on how how to actually do this and move into this stuff. It has to do with giving. It's the way of God. Like it or not, it's the way of God. You heard my story last last week. We did an end result. I didn't like the way. It wasn't awesome, but that was the way to get there. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but some of you heard it. That's why you're smiling at me. It was a mess. But there's a way of God. You might like it. You might not like it. But if it's God, if God is God, then the ways that he sets up are the ones that work. And the ways that he didn't, don't. And his way to move into abundance is becoming an abounding and cheerful giver. It's right there in those verses that's on your sheet. That's his ways. So right now, just seek your heart and just say, Lord, what do you want us to do? What, do you, what would you have me to give? What I love is, you know, I, I have watched more giving out of the people of God in the last few months, you guys, than I think we've ever seen in the, in the history of the ministry. So this is not like a pull for it. It's just, it's a part of what we do. You know, this is a part of our life. Look right here at this verse where it says, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. It says, now I say this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. That word there, bountifully, means to overflow. But it also means this, that you give in a heart of praise. It's a worship. So our giving is not just a giving, but it's a heart of praise. It's a worship. It's, it's, Lord, this is how I worship you. Just like when we stand up, and some of you may sing, and some of you may raise hands. That's how you worship. His word defines that giving is a part of our worship. It's a part of how we worship God. And here's why. This is why it's like that. Glory to God. Look at that. Giving. A heart to give. They even take off shoes. Say, Lord, I'm sowing this into the kingdom today. I love that. This is, this is how we do it. How we worship. We say, Lord, what I have and what's, what's in this, this, this money, this whatever, shoes, whatever. This took something. It took a part of my life. When we work hours, we get back for those hours, dollars. And and that those dollars, they represent a part of my life. And it's saying this, Lord, if you would take part of your life and give it to me, I want to take in worship a part of my life and give it to you. Lord, I worship you with this. This means something to me. This is a part of me. And let me worship you with it. And when we do that, all of a sudden we step into the place where abundance can start to flow. It's just like the act of me going to the default in the world was to pick up that phone. When I turn to God and go to the default of God, I turn into a giver. So where the default there was, was pulling on other people and becoming really a user of society. This, uh, God flips everything. Those who are first will be last. Those who are at the head, they'll be at the bottom. But the ones who are the servant of all, they will be the greatest. God turns all the world's stuff on its head in the same way. Where I was a taker before, now I become a giver. And I move into the abundance. It's the default. It's how we do it. So as you prepare to give, don't lose that what we're going to do is we're going to give and then I want I want to pray for anybody who wants breakthrough in their finances, who wants to breakthrough into abundance. I want to just release and impart that. We'll pray after that. But here's what I want you to do right now as you're getting ready to give. I don't want you to say, "Oh, well he's, you know, he's, he wants us to give a whole lot." I don't. Here's what I want you to do. This is this is it. The one who gave the most that we still talk about to this day, who is it? The two mites. Lady basically gave two pennies and still to this day we're talking about her. It's not the amount of your pocketbook. It's the amount of your heart. So all we do, this is it. Lord, I want to worship you. You know what I have. You know what I don't have. What do you want me to give? I'm cheerful to give whatever you want me to give. So you just take some time and you ask the Lord, what is that? This is how you put down the default of the world and move into God's default. And that's how you move into abundance for every good deed. Do you like that? Well, if your mind's not renewed to the word, you probably won't. I can remember the first time I heard it. I was like, I don't know if I like that or not. I like it today because our lives have changed because of that. But it doesn't have to do with, it's like what we were talking about, the ways of God are holy. It doesn't have to do with whether we like it or not. It has to do with, are we going to move into God's abundance? Are we going to move to him as a default? That's what it has to do with. Do we, the line in the sand, do we trust God? Like it or not, it's going to work. If God is God, his way is going to work whether you like it or not. But if he's not God, then you would say, I don't trust that. Does anybody need an envelope? Just raise your hand, they'll pass. Oh, they have pens too if you want that. Normally we do offering at the beginning, but because of this, the message, it's important to give in the right heart. To be a part of your worship. See, think about that now. Think about this. Again, with those three stories I said. You can feel the resistance. Somebody's going, I do not like this message. It may be somebody online. Surely, it's somebody online. I know it is. I know it is. But there's somebody going, I don't like this message. It's okay. I've been there too. I have too. Again, is I'm not trying to move. For what you think is okay and what you think is normal. I'm trying to move for what God thinks is normal. Like it or not, His ways are His ways. His ways are His ways. And here's the question. We have to just decide, is He God or not? And here's the other question. Is He God in my life? Because we can say that He's God all day long. We can say that He is Lord all day long. But here's what it comes down to. When I read in here, do I trust? Am I here or am I here and a doer? Because that's the foundation that will not get pushed down on. That's the foundation that won't fall. There's a lot of people that hear that never become doers and their foundation is built on sand and their house will fall. The foundation that says, Lord, I see it in your word. This principle is all through the word. I see it. I trust you. And I go after it. Lord, I trust you. And that's what it is. Lord, I I trust your way. I wish you could see my heart right now. It would be awesome. It would really help everybody grab a hold of it. If you could see how much my heart is, I do not care what you give. I just want you to be obedient to the Lord. I do not care. All the bills paid. It's not about that. It's not about that. Why you keep dwelling on that? Because I'm trying to help somebody uproot that wrong thinking so they can start living in abundance. It's a spiritual thing that's going on. It's not a a mental thing. When you feel that, I can sense that grip. And it may be somebody watching truly. It may be somebody that's watching. I can feel that grip. Somebody, the Lord is wanting you to shake out of that because he's got great plans for you and you're not going to walk in it. I'll say this. If you, you know, the best thing that we can do is become givers. But if you think that I'm doing this for all the wrong reasons, do not give. Please do not. Do not. I'm, I'm serious. Do not. It'd be better for you not to. But that's the thing that holds people back. You know, when the Lord talks about finances, when he talks about it, he says finances are a little thing in the kingdom of God. And the next thing he says is, if you can't handle this little thing well, how will I give to you the true riches of the kingdom? So see, God has a whole lot of people. He wants to move up to be powerhouses in the kingdom of God. But they've never learned how to deal with the little thing of finances. And because of that, they've never walked in the freedom and abundance. And they haven't they haven't given over that trust. That line in the sand, they keep stepping into logic that the world has taught them. Instead of going to the logic of an almighty, all-powerful God. His word is true. Let every man be a liar, including myself. If my, if my thoughts don't think don't line up with his and that's the way we have to approach him do we trust him or not it takes guts to keep on talking like this it does used to I wouldn't have done it I'd just been like yeah, yeah, yeah give but i can feel that thing being uprooted this uprooting, the spiritual uprooting of those thoughts and, and cleaning, washing ourselves with the washing of the water of the word. It's a spiritual process. In Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 10, it says, uh, eventually the goal at the end of the verse is he wants Jeremiah to build and plant. But before he gets to the building and the planting, it says that you must uproot, tear up, throw down, destroy. I mean, it's a, there's four words there and they're all like, Ugh. Everybody wants to build and plant, but they don't want to rip up the rotten foundations first. It's a spiritual principle. It's a way of God. And we must give ourselves to the discipline of the Lord and give ourselves to the word and let him rip those things up. Some people look at this. I used to do this as well. They'll look at this and they'll say, well, he just keeps on pressing. He just keeps on pressing. Yeah, because there's a there's freedom that somebody doesn't have. I understand how those spiritual things work, and I'm dealing with it. I'm dealing with them in you. If, you're, if you know who I'm talking about, and you're like, yep, that's me, then that's good. I'm helping you. I'm helping you to uproot some of that junk so that God can lay a new foundation, and now you'll walk in freedom. That's the way it works. I didn't have any idea I'd be doing this today, but it's not fun in the flesh. It is fun in the spirit. Because when you see that freedom come, it's awesome. Glory to God. There's abundance coming to people right now. Some people to see some people, they're like they know that this is God's word, and they're like, "Yeah, that's right, that's true," and they're still like, "Go, go, go!" But then you'll have you'll have that feeling. There's Hebrews. Will you put uh, Hebrews twelve eleven up on the screen, please? It says, discipline, all discipline for the moment, all discipline for the moment seems to not be joyful, but even sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, by discipline, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. See, most people think that we're supposed to go into church and maybe the preacher preaches a, de- you know, a decent message, maybe it steps on my toes a little bit. But eventually, if he steps on my toes too much, most people will go, I don't like that church. I'm not comfortable there. And their flesh starts squirming. No, I don't like that. And eventually, what they end up at is, man, the preacher's wrong. That's not my place. But see, a preacher who knows what he's doing and who's worth his salt, he understands the spiritual stuff. He understands this verse. And he also understands that here's the thing. God says that I will discipline those that I love. So, at what point is God going to stop loving you? Never. At what point will discipline then stop? Never. It won't. It won't. And so, in this verse, put it back up, please. In this verse, it says, All discipline. For the moment, seems sorrowful. Now, to if you're born again and your spirit is renewed, this is not talking about your born again new spirit. This is talking about the flesh nature. In other words, every bit of discipline towards the flesh, the flesh goes, oh, I don't like that. It's sorrowful. And so a lot of times people are sitting in church and they think that everything's supposed to be going exactly the way they think. But what they're doing is they're not understanding that God's outside of what you know. And so the Lord will come and he will take his finger and he will put it right on the area in your life where you need discipline. I've had people come up to me before and say, I liked it when you said this. I'm like, I did not say that. I didn't say that in the, in the service at all. In between my words and your ears, the Holy Spirit got a, help, a hold of it and he showed it and he put his finger on that issue. And see, that's what happens. Leave the verse up, please. He says, all discipline, every, one of, every piece of discipline, for the moment, seems not to be joyful. It actually is joyful, but it seems to not be joyful. Seems, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So when we give ourselves to the Lord's finger of correction, all of a sudden, then the fruit of righteousness can come into our lives. So, so many people, they'll sit there and they'll say, well, I just don't like that you're continuing to talk about it. And What's happening is the Holy Spirit's saying, I want to uproot this in their life. I'm putting my finger on it. That's why they're agitated. That's why they're irritated. Because right now, discipline, the discipline of God has its finger right on that area. And if we will give ourselves to it and say, okay, Lord, is this the area? Man, do I have an issue with this? Do I have... And here's how you can know. You can just like, I don't like this message. That's generally what it feels like. And you can say, you can say... Is that me? Okay, Lord, well, look, look, if that's you, then father, whatever it is you want to root out of me, root it out. Because here's the thing. I don't know as much as you, but I submit myself to you because you are my Lord. You are my savior. And if you got your finger on something inside of me, let it be taken out. That's why people don't preach on finances, because they're not willing to go through this process and help people get to the place where they walk in freedom. And then people will make one of two choices, just like in Acts chapter 2. The the great thing of God happens, the Holy Spirit falls on men, and all of a sudden you've got two different categories of people. One one group says this, one group says, ah, I want to receive Jesus, and 3,000 get born again. But the other group mock and make fun. So with everything of God, you have two different categories of people. And you have to decide, which one am I? Did he give us scripture? Did he show us over and time and time and time again that this is a way of God? Yes. Okay, then that must be God. Lord, I give myself to that. Or you can mock and say, all they talk about is money. No, no, it has nothing to do with money, really. It's got to do with the attitude of our heart. Amen. Amen. I feel the breakthrough. Glory to God. Lord, right now, thank you for helping us. Lord, I just ask that you will help uproot every bit of that. Every bit of that. Let us walk in your freedom, Lord. Let us walk in your abundance. Father, you're looking to change lives. And those lives are going to change right now. Simply as they give. They're just going to change. As their heart changes and then faith with action takes place. Things are going to change. So I just ask you to stand up right now. Lord, this is worship. Father, I just ask ask you to do something miraculous right now today. As they bring their gifts and their offerings. Father, I ask that as in the process, as they come, as they turn to come up here, Lord that you will start to drop something in them amazing. Father, the people that are hearing this, the people specifically that are here this morning, Lord, bring abundance. Send now prosperity, as your word says. Send now prosperity in their lives. As they move in a heart of worship, Lord, send now the prosperity of God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I just ask that you're and if you're receiving that, you, can just, you just say, yes, Lord, that's me. I receive that. I receive it. Lord, we just thank you for it. Send now your prosperity and add no sorrow with it. Thank you, Father. Confirm your covenant for those that heard it and say, Lord, I trust you. Confirm it, Lord, now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father.